I have been in front of a printing machine 20 years ago when I needed to print 3,000 stick pens that need to catch the UPS truck before the hour is out. And in 20 years, I have moved to many other responsibilities, but they all connect to that very moment. Sales, customer service, marketing. All of those are designed to make that order get into that truck that day. And every day there's a few orders that are fighting for those last minutes of the hour. So I think the appreciation to the people that are on the floor in front of these machines day in, day out should always be kept in perspective. Hi, everyone. It's Johanna Gottlieb with Axis Promotions and Chair of Promo Kitchen. And I'm with my co-chair, Kate Plummer with ClearMount. And today we get to speak with Juan Martinez of Spectre. And Juan is coming us today with a non-traditional role at Spectre. He plays a role in innovation at Spectre. And so we're going to get to talk to him. And before we get started, I just want to say thank you for being on with us today, Juan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So guys, today is Monday, December 21st, and we are sort of in the thick of holiday, as everybody can imagine in promo world. And so we're going to dive right in and ask you, Juan, how did you get started in this industry and how long have you been at Spectre? Wow, you're really testing my (laughs) memory now. 28 years ago or so, I was a young immigrant with an industrial design university degree that at that time really did not help for much more than getting me a few odd jobs, including an overnight plating job from which I was fired for asking too many questions. So those experiences ultimately land me a production position on a small promotional company, and the job itself was forgettable, but that gave me the sense of the potential creative paths within the promo industry. And after five years or so, I applied to a newspaper ad for a company called Banker's Pen. I met Janice Carlin and Alan Spector. Within a couple of days, I started this ride that has proven to be beyond anything I could have expected 20 years ago. Within a few years after that, I got my first BlackBerry and I haven't looked back. That's funny. You bring up a good point that many people in promo may not know. And I only know this because I did a tour of Spectre once. Can you talk a little bit about Banker's Pen and Spectre and what that means? Yeah, so there was a transition, and I don't know the exact years that this happened, but we went from Banker's Pen to Spectre & Co. as a transition. Back then, we used to have Banker's Pen in Canada, and in the States, we were Spectre Image. So there was a consolidation of the names, and we started operating with the name Spectre & Co. Awesome. And so I know now at Spectre, you're the director of innovation. What is that? role and what responsibilities do you have within it? Well, it's everything but directing, really. When Rob called me to discuss this, he said, I know we are always researching new equipment and product development, but maybe we have not been as strategic doing so. And he felt we should have a director of innovation and branding strategy. So he tells me, let me know what do you think your new job description will look like? (laughs) (laughs) My first thought was, what? I mean, I have been involved in operation for the longest time, and I have done research and development. I have traveled countless equipment trade shows, and the improvements coming out of that process have been, for the most part, tangible and pragmatic. 
So, you know, can that be innovation? So I feel I needed to elaborate an answer and elaborate an answer to your question, which is the same first question that Rob asked me. So I selected a few books and started reading. Do you know that if you enter innovation, a book search engine, you get about 80,000 hits? Wow. Like if you do it right now, that's how many books in innovation there are. So needless to say, there are many different approaches to this. And I started by even taking a few online university courses to expand my own perspective on it and pick a few books, like Franz Johansson, Chip and Dan Heat, Jeremy Gotcha, Better and Faster is actually a great book. We end up going with our team to New York to see him. And one of my favorites, James Owens, Creative People Must Be Stopped. All that to say that our definition of innovation has become a collection of ideas that basically empower our staff to be active participants, to search for small incremental improvements, to innovate what they do and that remain in line with our current corporate vision. Sort of a dragon boat with everybody using their individual best and heading in the same direction to win a competition. So contrary to what people might think at first, innovation is really not a flash of brilliance coming out of my office or anyone's office for that matter. It is to create an environment in which everyone is empowered to experiment and be critical to make changes and have a voice on any major project initiative we launch as a company. Perhaps at a more strategic level, keeping our eyes open to read the cross paths of technology developments on different industries that might not even be related to promo directly. Franz Johansson's book, the one I mentioned before, is called The Medici Effect. It clearly brushes on that concept. That's so interesting. So you were given like, here's a title, now figure out what your job is on this. Basically, yes. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure. But it's kind of nice in that you could kind of do whatever you wanted to on it. So you mentioned that one of the main parts of your goal is encouraging innovation within your company. How do you create that environment? Is it an active role in encouraging innovation? How did you get it to this point? Well, it's communication, mainly. We hold several meetings with our team and try to consolidate our vision of what really is innovation. What do you think is innovation? And I think we define it as the strategic empowerment of our teams to identify constraints that when they are properly solved, they lead to improvements. So providing balance between operational methods to visualize innovative solutions along our corporate role, long-term roadmap, something we do often. And I need a wide perspective myself and so tools to identify how to respond to new trends or client demands effectively with either creative ideas or, or technology. In other words, make sure we have a diverse and uh, well-practiced playbook for our team to easily apply their talent when our quarterback calls the plays during the Sunday game, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's in your playbook that you would say is the most valuable for your team? Well, we try to refine our procedures as best as we can, always discussing with the people that actually do the job. I always find it funny how sometimes we see something and we react immediately thinking that we have the solution when we have staff that has been doing a job for 
years and years and years, day in and day out, they are the ones that have this idea. So having them being comfortable and really bringing up their ideas without fear or without being shy about it and feeling that we as a company listen to them is important. That's so interesting. You mentioned that you've brought in practices and ideas from other industries. What's an example of that, of sort of where you're like, well, let's see if this works? For example, we started working with NFC technologies. I don't know if you're aware of that. And that technology is really a byproduct of technology developments on Apple or Google or any other of these companies. We do not develop that technology, but we are using it for our own purposes. So if you really think about something like that, it can be branding technology. It can be a manufacturing procedure that is applied in, I don't know, the furniture industry. If you keep eyes open on certain things, you might be able to apply materials, processes, technology, and just creatively incorporate them into what you do. Do you mind explaining for people who don't know what NFC is? Sure. It's near-field communication. It's a tag that will allow you to do certain things in your phone, and you basically can take that technology and use it to really make the traditional promotional products interactive, link them to social platforms, and the connectivity from traditional physical products and printing. Static information with variable mobile data can be geopositioning systems, services, videos, and so on. I think it's a great complement to good quality design and durable products. Ultimately, promotional items are communicating who we are. So using our mobile devices to complement any promotion is just a natural progression of that. Wow, that was great. I have to say, Again, we're doing this podcast with the director of innovation and, you know, we often speak to maybe the owner of a company or someone that's on the hot list or a new rep. And it's so important for us to hear your perspective and the way that you describe promotional products because you're so spot on and you can really describe and understand how the product works and what needs it meets so well. Thank you for that. You did mention that along the road at Spectre and with any company, there's been so many changes in technology and the way that our clients need things and the way that your clients and end users need things. And talk to us a little bit about your years at Spectre. What has been one of your biggest challenges? Well, I have participated in our growth from the time in which we were 35 employees to now 400 or so, right? And that has required for me to wear several hats and That has given me perspective, not only on the company's growth path, but what our staff expects from us as a company to feel acknowledged and integral part of our accomplishments. I can say that all that is using my day-to-day contributions to the company. Could you give an example of what you've done or the weirdest thing where you're like, okay, this is a challenge we've needed to tackle and I'm bringing something from left field on it? As far as challenges go, I think if you exclude this year, has been the most challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's a baseline. <laughs> Our growth has been extremely fast for over a period of years. And this growth closed down our operational spaces physically. So there's no flow in our operations because of that quick growth. And we 
at that time we were three shift operation and at the time seven days runs that resulted in inefficiencies that were affecting our bottom lines i'm sure a lot of companies can relate to that and addressing those inefficiencies require a major reconfiguration of our spaces joe you came to our factory and you see it today how neat it is but it was not the case back then and the mechanical motions the electrical the pneumatic the exhaust planning all that was really difficult but Again, the most difficult part was really readjusting our staff best practices that were impacted over time progressively by the fast grow and, and the necessary reactive behavior of, of our teams to get this done. So we started creating a lot of revisions for our best practices along with new layout configurations. What did you do and what did you change out? Flow, production flow mostly. Like I said, you can change. A lot of the mechanics on our plan, we can get new technology, new equipment. I feel that the adjustment of the staff best practices is what's more important. We created a program for continuous improvement that what it does basically is collects ideas from all our different teams, analyze them. We do a lot of video analysis and create solutions, practical solutions to those problems think about it like an idea box, which is very traditional. You put a box and then you put your suggestions in that box. It's a little bit more sophisticated than that because if you have ideas to improve your environment and what you do, and simply the ideas are not addressed efficiently, you lose attention over your staff very quickly. So we created a team that their sole focus is to address those ideas and to really create solutions based on the ideas and give 100% credit to the person that came with the idea, not necessarily them doing or doing anything to accomplish the progression towards a solution, but to really give us the perspective that they have on how they see their job being better with what they are proposing. Out of everything you've worked on, what are you most proud of in terms of accomplishments? Personally, my most important objective is to use my experience in a way that positively affects our operations staff and our company overall. I can tell you a quick story. As many companies do, we sometimes employ members of one family. And there was this couple, one of them was a printer and his wife was part of our packing team. One day she had an episode, a medical episode that made her lose consciousness on the factory floor and the ambulance was called. Without going into details, her and her husband left in the ambulance. And after a couple of days, I was walking by and I see the husband at his station working as usual, printing a large order of books, I think it was. So I approached him and asked about his wife. He told me she was still at the hospital recovering and he decided to come back to work because his team needed his help. And before I told him anything else, he added, but don't worry, Juan, after all the changes you and your team have implemented on this department, my job has become much easier and I can meet my deadlines without struggle. So I think after that, we sent him home for a couple of days to be with his family. But the realization to me of the impact that we have the ability, the ability to ease personal day-to-day activities while keeping our teams highly efficient 
in the great scheme of things is probably the most rewarding feeling I get from all I do. That's amazing, sort of reducing the stress, mental and physical stress on your coworkers and team and production and the culture that it adds to there of everyone feeling secure and proud of what they're doing instead of feeling rushed and stressed, that must echo throughout the whole company. Right. And I think that we're all proud. It's part of our culture. This position that I'm currently on allows me to have more hands on on that sort of attitude that we have towards things. Awesome. It sounds like it's personal there. And, you know, we know people that work there and we work with people through Promo Kitchen at Spectre. And it does, you can tell everyone that works there is super happy and it's a great environment. Moving on to the next question. What do you think about the future of our industry? How do you see yourself evolving and other suppliers evolving? Well, as I mentioned before, I feel the interactivity with mobile applications, social platforms is one important item to continue to consider. These things are evolving so very quickly. So the connectivity from our traditional physical products like pens, books, keychains, and printing static information on them will greatly benefit from everybody having a supercomputer in their pocket and using variable mobile data, geo-positioning, videos, and so on. So it's a good complement for what we do as a communication tool. And also, I think that it expands the longevity of use of any of the products used for any of our campaigns. Which is amazing because it kind of reduces waste on everything. When you're building a team like that, people who are looking at the whole picture and needs to kind of look at data and read it properly. And mm-hmm. how do you recruit for your team? What qualities and strengths do you look for in candidates for it? Or even how do you think of this is a role I need to fill? How do you define the roles that you're hiring for? We do a lot of internal searching. We invest on our staff development and try to identify their passion and openness to learn. I've been here 20 years and I have learned so, so much in here. So the same qualities are required within new recruits. We have a specific interview in addition to the skill set. Obviously, what you're going to be doing is important, but this interview has nothing to do with the industry knowledge. But how will they behave and relate to our staff? Irene Urban is not only a member of our team for many years, but she has been a dear friend of mine for 16 years. And she is blessed with one of those personalities that you cannot help but smile and feel better about your day when you talk to her. So once you figure out the recipe to that and how to plan that seat within your staff, the rest is really icing on the cake. I think that we have always taken that approach that what you know today is not really relevant to what we want you to be doing in five years, but your attitude and your passion and openness to learn is one of the most important qualities and strengths that we seek in all our candidates. It's so true. We're a small company at Clearmount, and I always say we hire you because we like you and because I can imagine sitting next to you for lunch. I can train you to be good at marketing, but I can't train you to be a fun person to be in your environment and be interested in things too. I think curious people think everyone else is curious, and 
And then you're just like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> right. I are continuously questioning things and how we do them. It's an important thing. It's an important skill. It is. And so I have a quick question as well. So you mentioned like you gather a lot of data regarding workflow or product. What processes do you go through to gather that data? Like what do you see as valuable to your work? What do you look for? I know for myself, whenever I'm working on something, I always think of how many touches there are to a project. Like the more times a project gets touched, the more expensive it's going to be. And so I keep trying to enforce that. So what are things that you look for in your operational processes? Really, the simplification of our processes. You take an idea and you start bringing that idea to completion. You prototype, you experiment, and it comes out and it looks fantastic. But to do that, you are using a manual process. You probably are using a machine that you found in the corner of the factory to get it done. And really took you one hour to get the solution that you are proud of. And it looks fantastic. So after that, you start simplifying, researching equipment, working with engineering, working with research and development. We start going through our files of all the connections and contacts that we had acquired through all those trips to engineering and equipment shows and start talking to people that are experts in their field and really always taking a very humble approach on what you know and what you need to learn. As far as specific data, we are a paperless company, so all our processes are time. And we can really see when there's deviations of our targets with the system. I'm not going to bother you with all the details on our IT systems, but we have a pretty good idea of how long an order will take and how long an order is taking currently. And if that is of our targets, we deploy teams to start looking into it and try to bring it back online with what we are expecting. You wouldn't bore me at all, but I imagine there's other people who would be. <laughs> so offline, we'll chat. <laughs> I want to hear about this as well. <laughs> Again, I keep on talking about how it's very interesting to talk to someone in your role because, you know, this industry is so full of creative minds and often we don't get to hear and talk to enough of them. And so for you and your role, what do you want people listening to this podcast to know about your role and other similar roles at suppliers? Our podcast is a lot of distributors, a lot of suppliers and service providers. What do you want them to know about your role at Spectre? See, that's funny because when I talk to people that come and visit our plant, I basically scan the room first. And there's some people that are very, very interested on the engineering side, on the technical thing. And then I can go into detail with a lot of the technical stuff. But there's some others that they don't really care much about that. They want to see the overall picture and they have different interests, right? So what I can really think that my current role and all the past roles, all my past roles actually have developed from a good collection of my professional expertises and professional experiences, really, and personal interactions with our staff, but also with people visiting and external contacts that I have. I have been very fortunate to collaborate with great people, and this has more relevance than the job description. The opportunities that present to us as a company are not unique by any stretch, but certainly I believe the approach becomes unique when we spend time understanding better our team collective strengths and emphasize them during all our new project developments. Awesome. Thank you. I just love that you were given a title and expanded from it. 
Where do you see the future of your role being? Well, I think this is the natural progression to make a stronger build into our team. Really, the strength relies in the better people you have around you, that you surround yourself with strong people, the better you are collectively. See, I have been in front of a printing machine 20 years ago when I needed to print 3,000 stick pens that need to catch the UPS truck before the hour is out. And in 20 years, I have moved to many other responsibilities, but they all connect to that very moment, sales, customer service, marketing. All of those are designed to make that order get into that truck that day. And every day, there's a few orders that are fighting for those last minutes of the hour. So I think the appreciation to the people that are in the floor in front of these machines, day in, day out, should always be kept in perspective, no matter what it is that we do. And I think that I will carry that to the future of whatever comes my way. I love that. I'm so curious about how your brain works on this. Is there like something where you're just like, I haven't figured out how to make it happen yet? but I will bring X technology into our product line? Or is that trade secrets that Rob would get mad at me for? <laughs> no, I don't think that he will get mad at you. He will get mad at me. But <laughs> I think that, again, we have people in-house that have strong engineering expertise. So that's a very structured mindset. Two plus two is four, that's it. But we also have very creative people in our teams, graphic designers, our research and development manager, Linton Christie, he started as a graphic designer and his actual university degree is an engineer for development. And I have not seen anybody having that hunger of learning and changing things like he does. So obviously there will always be things that you visualize and you have no idea how you're going to get them into place. So we discuss and say, okay, we dream a little bit. I say, well, that doesn't exist yet. Like you cannot do that kind of process, but we will eventually. And this is just the way it is. You have some short-term goals and some very long-term goals. But if you think about it, not even 10 years ago, we were not using mobile technology. So things are going to be changing very quickly. And I think that we need to continue keeping an eye on all of that. That's so fascinating. To wrap up, is there anything that we haven't covered or you want to brag about a story or, you know, something that you've done that you're really proud of? <laughs> I'm not the bragging type. <laughs> Brag away. Share it all. <laughs> Listen, I had a job opportunity 20 years ago, right? And the opportunity has become my career. I was invited to participate in a vision that I'm sure at the time it was even fussy in Rob's eyes. And I'm really glad I read that paper and ended up meeting some of the most extraordinary individuals to share my career with over all these years. So really, that's all it is. I think that the place where we are at any given time is exactly where you need to be, but you need to keep your eyes open as you move forward with all the people that you interact with and all the things that are around you to learn and see what you can use and what you cannot use. And again, I just feel blessed for being able to do that. So you mentioned two books at the beginning that you found helpful and informative. Do you have any other suggestions for people who are looking for resources or points of interest? 
<laughs> yeah, well, like I say, there's about 80,000 entries <laughs> with you put innovation in there. I don't have that much time, Juan. We, we need to narrow it down to one or two. <laughs> really one that I really enjoy is James Owens, Creative People Must Be Stopped. It's a really good book. Jeremy Goethe is, is really good at storytelling. Some of these books are even available in audio, and you can listen in your commute to work if that ever comes back. But Better and Faster from Jeremy is really good. Franz Johansson, The Medici Effect, was interesting to me because that is the book that explored the cross paths with technology developments that have nothing to do one with another. And since we were talking a little bit about that, I think that you probably will find that one interesting. Wonderful. Everyone's reading list for 2021 is all set then. Well, Juan, thank you so much for your time and thank you for joining Johanna and I. I love this conversation. Again, I hope it sparks interest for other people listening to this podcast to sort of pull out some of the voices we don't always hear in this industry. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.